you please join your hearts together with mine in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you have given us. We thank you for the blessings you have given us in Jesus, the forgiveness of our sins, the strengthening of our faith, and that you have called us righteous by all that he has done. We pray, Lord, that you open our ears and our hearts to hear your word and that that word would shape us. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, here it is, the last day of the church year. Uh, you all knew it was coming, right? You saw the ball drop last night, like New Year's Eve, and then you wake up the next day, and there's this big fanfare, and everybody's kind of ready for a fresh start. Yeah, it kind of sneaks up on us, doesn't it? You don't really pay attention to it very much, that, that last day of the church year, this day where we hear a gospel reading from Matthew, um, where Jesus is telling a parable about what that final separation day, that final judgment day, as it's called, would look like. And you know, it's kind of an interesting, interesting thing to think on. You know, he brings up the idea of a shepherd and his flock and being able to separate sheep from goats and all that kind of stuff. And that's fine. It's pretty easy to tell the difference between sheep or goats. But 50 more people could walk in here. I wouldn't know their heart. I wouldn't know if they were righteous by God's standard or unrighteous. I wouldn't know if they were coming in to sit and just hear the word. I wouldn't know if they were coming in to disrupt things. I would have no idea because I just don't know them. You see, that flock sitting before the king that Jesus is talking about in the parable, that king sees something well beyond what any of us can see as we walk around. You know, parables are an interesting thing because these little parables when Jesus speaks about the way something looks like, especially the way the kingdom of God might look like, it's a moment where he's speaking truth. It's not necessarily something that we get to emulate. And we don't get to stand in the place of the king and judge. We don't get to walk around and say, your sheep, your goat, your sheep, your goat. That's not what we get to do, right? So we start wondering about these words from the king on that last day, that last day that will come by surprise, but we know it's coming nonetheless, you know. It's a day that we're not going to see anything the day before. We're going to wake up one day and Christ will come back and then that'll just kind of be it. All the dead will be raised and they'll be standing before Jesus. They'll be standing before the king himself and kind of unaware, really, of whether they're standing next to another sheep or a goat or a righteous or an unrighteous or whatever it is. They're just kind of standing next to each other. And then the king starts separating people out. And when we hear this parable, a lot of the time, especially in modern history, as we hear these words, we start looking at it as um, kind of a, a way to consider who are sheep and goats now. And this day, we're like, oh, those people do really good things. They take care of really good people. They take care of the low and the sick and the, and the hurting. And they take care of those people. They must be on the good side of things. They, they must be the ones that Jesus is going to pull off to the side of, onto the right and welcome them into the internal kingdom. But see, it's, it's backwards because it's not our actions that get us there. Not by any means. Jesus doesn't start with that point when he's saying what's going to happen. What he starts with is a king's declaration. Come, righteous ones, into the place my father has prepared for you, into eternal life. You come into this place that has been prepared for all of those who the king has declared righteous and ready. And those righteous ones are going to go, me? And he's going to say, yeah, 
And they can say, well, what did we do? And the main answer really is nothing. You didn't do anything to be declared righteous, but see that righteousness of God, that word of God shapes us. The word of God shapes us to a point to where when it is poured over us in our baptism, when God is active in our hearts, when God is active in our lives, there's things that you end up doing that you don't even realize you're doing, and it's honoring God's word. Taking care of your neighbor, loving your neighbor, supporting the ways in which God's word is heard or spoken. Supporting the things that the churches do in order to take care of those who are hurting. But see, it's all of those little things that so naturally flow from your hands and hearts because of God's active word and active presence in your life, not by anything that you have done to put him there, but by the, his sovereignty, by his action, by his doing and pulling his people together so that his word would be heard that eternal place that he pulls everybody into. It's kind of an interesting thing to think about. That's the one and only place that was prepared for people. See, as you read through this section as Jesus is speaking, listen carefully to what God has prepared for his people. God has prepared eternal life, being in his presence, being alive with him through eternity, having what was present in the Garden of Eden where God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, right? Where, well, cool of the day, we get that right now. But where God walked in the presence of his people in that moment, that is all he's welcoming people into. That's all he's prepared for his creation. That's all he's prepared for those shaped by his word. In fact, that's what he prepared for everybody that Jesus died for, which is everybody. downside is it looks like not everybody's going there see and that's not the part that's the part where we don't get to judge between people but that other place that place of hell that god created was not for people that place was specifically for satan and his angels for those that rejected god from before the creation of the world that for those that end up rejecting his word also but it was not a place that God set up to say, here's where some of the people that I created are going to go, and here's the place where some of the other of my people are going to go. He said, no, that's the place for Satan and his angels. Here's the place for all of those that my son is going to die for. And then we start to have broken hearts because we realize not everybody's going to be there. But see, it's not because of God's action by any means. The reason folks aren't going to be there is by their own action by their own rejection of that word. It's by their own hearing of God's word, this thing that is so beautiful and wonderful and the promises and the truth that God speaks into their lives and they say, nah, I don't need that. I'm going to do it on my own. And you can hear it in the words of the folks in the parable that were considered unrighteous right there. Lord, when did we see you and not minister to you? You know, because if we had seen you, we would have taken care of you. If we would have seen that it was you and known that you were in need, we would have done what was needed, especially knowing that, you know, doing that would have gotten us in somewhere. And you can just imagine him saying, even with that, you missed the point. It's not doing something to get something. It's seeing that God has done everything for you and then hands it all over to you as a free gift. And that's what shapes you. 
is his word. Like I said before, as that word is poured into your hearts in baptism, as that word is spoken over you, as that name of God is spoken on you, he calls you beloved child, forgiven, loved, righteous, my sheep. To be able to be in his presence for eternity by his hand. But see, in this time, we, again, don't get to see the differences between the folks. We might see it in some blatant actions here and there, but I can tell you there's a lot of really good things done by folks who have never heard God's word. Those actions aren't going to get them in anywhere. Still beautiful acts of mercy that are done. But as God's word shapes your life to a point where as you live each day, you see the needs of others and you take care of them. And I've seen... You guys do so many amazing things within your households, within the church. The love that you have to share time and share gifts and take care of the ministry of sharing God's word into a world where it needs to be heard. You may not even realize you're doing it more often than not. But you do. Because you're God's children. You're shaped by his word. His word is what makes you who you are. As his beloved children, forgiven and loved by what Christ has done. And so no matter when that day comes, when Christ is standing there and we're all surprised and standing next to everybody that's raised from the dead, it's not going to surprise you one bit that you stand there and he says, come in. Beloved, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been shaped by my word and taken care of everything that there was to take care of and you didn't even know you were doing it. But come on in, righteous, because of all of what my son has done for you. So no matter when that day comes, though it may surprise you when it comes, you don't have to be surprised at the outcome. At least not for yourself. Because you're God's child. You're his sheep. Active each day, doing all the things that he set out for you to do. Loved by him in every moment, by what Christ has done for you. Forgiven for all the times that we don't do it perfectly, because we're not going to. But again, what we do each day is not the standard for getting into heaven. That's taken care of by Christ. That's what starts things. That's what makes you a Christian. Is the faith that He has given you, the forgiveness that He pours out over you. And so don't worry about that day. As scary as judgment things may be, you don't have to worry about that day because God has promised you eternal life and all that Christ has done for you as a free gift. And right now, until that day comes, he sends you back out and he says, now, go take care of one another. Go love your neighbor. Not because it's going to get you anything, but because they need it. Amen. And your son, Jesus, and would you pray with me? <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you we thank you for all that you've done to make us yours, where we have no hand in our eternity, but that you certainly have grace and mercy for us in Christ and handing over to us forgiveness and righteousness that he has earned. And we pray, Father, for the world that has not heard your word, that you would give us courage to speak it. Again, not because it's going to gain us anything, but because our neighbor needs to hear it. That you would give us bold and willing hands to serve those in need. Those within the church, those outside of the church. All that 
all so that you would be honored. All the, so that you would receive the glory. And we pray, Father, that you would guide us each day by your Spirit uh, to hold on to us in your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.